Good evening, LCM. Tonight is June 15th, 2023. Y'all want to know what the title of tonight's sermon is? I do. Swinging Swords. Somebody say that with us. Swinging Swords. So, as you can tell, we're already coming out the gate swinging. And as I'm standing over, up here, I'm overwhelmed and just thinking about what an honor it is to stand next to these mighty men of God. I mean, do you guys see J.J., Itai, Moloch up here? Oh, yeah. This is a man who was resolute in the character of God that is at work inside of him. Yes, he is. What about Justin? The law is on his lips. Linton. <laughs> this man speaks the word of God. This man walks out the word of God, and this man establishes God's right order everywhere he goes. Woo. What about last Sunday? Last Sunday was a life-changing sermon for us in this body. Can y'all say life-changing? Life-changing. Man, pastors, thank you for that incredible word. Adam, can you see how that word was at work in your life, in your family's life? Is Adam the only one? No. Man, what an extraordinary word that God gave us on Sunday that is working in this body. It's yeah. working in the husbands. It's working in the wives. It's working down to our children. It's been worked into the fiber of our beings. Yeah. And it's absolutely the same for these men up here as well. Yeah. And we were thinking about you, LCM, praying about what the Lord wanted to say to our body. Many scriptures came to mind, but one, is specific, one specifically that came to mind was from Psalm 119. Go with us to Psalm 119, starting in verse 41. Oh, yeah. I'm swing those swords open. Mic check. Y'all there? Yeah. Psalm 119, starting in verse 41 in the Old Faithful NIV. Old Faithful. May your unfailing love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I will answer the one who taunts me. Have you been answering taunts this week? Yeah. yeah. Have you been opening your mouths on and unleashing the Lord's word on the taunts of your enemy? Yes. yes. We know you have. We did it all day Sunday. It was fun. I loved it. For I trust in your word. Do not snatch the word of truth from my mouth. For I have put my hope in your laws. Yes, Lord. We have, we have and are, uh, and we have been. Yeah. And we will. Yes. Yeah. Experience the unfailing love of our king yep. and his salvation is evident in your lives. Yes. Not your salva his salvation at one point. No, we are continually experiencing his love and we are continually walking and experiencing yeah. his salvation. Amen? Amen. We're not lacking anything. Say, I'm not lacking anything. I'm not, I'm not lacking, lacking anything. anything. In fact, we have the answer for the one who taunts us every time he taunts us. Yeah. Do you want to know how we answer the one who taunts us? Yes. Do you? Well, you I, already I don't know. think anyone wants to know. I want to know. You want to know? I want to know. Do you want to know? I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. It is the very word of God that we put our hope in. Amen. Yes. Amen. His word is everything, and it is the answer in the dark times that we're living in. Specifically, it is the answer for every taunt we face, and is the medium by which we are forcefully advancing God's kingdom on this earth. His word is the medium by which we push the enemy back and advance. His kingdom on the earth. Yeah. I don't have to explain to you how we're at warfare. We're talking as we're in the back. If somebody from 100 years ago, 200 years ago, rose from the dead, 
to see what's happening in our day and time, yeah. they'd be like, man, what is going on right now? Yeah. We don't know what a, man, what a woman is and what a man is. Brothers killing brothers. We know. We know. We, we, there's warfare all around us. But even more than that, there's warfare in the church that's causing the church to shrink back and to be quiet and to cower at the yeah. taunts of the enemy. So we are at war. And I know you know that, but I, we feel the need just to say it. We are at war, church. You don't see bombs flying, and they will fly. But we are at war currently as we sit in this building. We're going to win. All out. All out warfare. But let's talk about what it looks like in our homes. Let's talk about what it looks like in our lives. Because that's out there. But the truth of the matter is, we are currently at war in our own homes. We're currently battling the enemy what does that show up like how's that show up guys are there taunts that are seeking to move you off of the promises that god has given you through the word yes that's not just the mully grubs that's not just you know i woke up on the wrong side of the bed that's war are there voices bouncing around in your head trying to disqualify you from the work and the warfare that is set before you to go engage in yes it's not just emotions. It's not just feelings. There's a spiritual war taking place. Yeah. Now, let's be clear, CM. You are on the war path for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Not will be, not need to be. You are currently on the war path for Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's why you can hear the taunts yeah. of the enemy. You are fighting tooth and nail to see the kingdom expand in your daily lives. Tonight, our heavenly commander, our Yahweh Sabaoth, is instructing us on the way that we are to wage war. On the way that we're not just to wage war, but on the way that we're going to win. Yes. Do you want to win? Yes. It's why you're here. This reminded us of the Lord's encouragement to the nation of Israel before they went into the land where they were promised, promised to encounter warfare. Go with us to Numbers 10, uh, verse 9, and we're going to pull this up in the NLT. Swinging swords when you get there. Because that's what we're going to do tonight. Swinging, swinging. Not slinging, swinging. Swing. When you arrive in your own land and go to war against your enemies who attack you, sound the alarm with the trumpets. Then the Lord your God will remember you and rescue you from your enemies. Come on, LCM. You know what to do whenever you arrive in the land God has called you to do. What is that land? Your home, your job, right? Foreign places, circumstances, whatever the land is, you know exactly what to do. You know what to do when you hear the taunts of the enemy that comes with you when you go out to war with the enemy? You know what to do? I'm going to tell you what to do. If you don't know, you sound the trumpets. That's what you do. You sound the trumpets. The only trumpet God has given us, each of us, you know, is our mouth, right? We're going to open our mouths. We're going to speak to the taunts. We're going to speak to the things that the enemy throws to us. When we find those enemies in our land, we're going to sound the alarm with our mouths. We're going to sound the trumpets. In fact, the Young's literal actually says, then ye have shouted with the trumpets. Does anybody want to shout with the trumpets tonight? We're going to shout with the trumpets tonight. You sound those trumpets. You open your mouths and proclaim the promises and judgments of the word of God for that place, for that time, and for that specific circumstance. See, this was important for Israel 
Because they were getting ready to enter into a season of warfare. Were they entering the promised land? Yes. Were they preparing for that? But they were also entering into a season of warfare. And that's why this is important for us tonight, family. This is very important for us because we are in a season of making war as well as we stand here tonight. So what does that sounding the trumpet look like in in my life? Okay, let's talk brass tacks. What does it sound like? For me, for me, it's walking into a team meeting. And I, I found something, right? I found an enemy that, that's attacking me, yeah, that, that, that's trying to, to peck away at my confidence. You know, whether it's, uh, am, I, am I trying to, uh, am I not bold enough to speak? Or when I do speak, am I not doing it with compassion? I got this wavering back and forth. But what I'm doing is I'm bringing it to my team. I'm sounding the trumpet to it. The Lord is equipping us and he's equipping our brothers to equip us. And we've got to have this perspective change that we sound the trumpet. When we see those enemies in our lives, we sound it. We give voice to it. We say, you know what? This is what's going on in my life. Because what we're doing when we're sounding the trumpet, those trumpets, if you read earlier in that chapter in Numbers, these trumpets were silver trumpets. It's what the Lord had them make, silver trumpets. And when we're, we're sounding, we're actually putting breath into those trumpets. We're, we're putting ruah into those trumpets. And for those of you that have been in a class or two around here, you know that silver stands for redemption, right? So we are speaking life through redemption so that we can have victory. So when we see those enemies in our lives, we see those taunting voices, we hear those taunting voices, see those things, we're going to speak life uh, with the goal of redemption, with the goal of salvation. We're going to say, here's an enemy, and we're going to overcome this enemy in the name of Jesus. And that's the perspective that's changing in our hearts and in our lives. Come on. See, it's seeing the enemy, the taunt, the lie, whatever it is, and it's making it known to everyone else in the camp, right? Everyone else is with us, all the men that are surrounding us, all the families that are surrounding us, making it known to them so that we can speak immovable, victorious words of God into that situation and allowing them to speak it into our own lives. Amen. Yeah. You see, this trumpet shout is a clear call. It's a clarion call to attack the enemies of God in our lives so that we can experience salvation and victory. That is what's going on. And for you and I in this house, as we stated previously, we're already in a season of warfare. So let's just do it right. You want to do it right? Yes. Amen. Do you want to know how to wage war successfully, saints? Yes. Then let's learn something from our older brother Israel. I love that in Numbers 10, the Lord tells him, what's going to happen before it happens. And then he yeah. tells them the response they're supposed to have yeah. when it happens. Yeah. Right. So we're just going to fast forward from numbers 10 to numbers 13. And we're going to pick up in verse one in the ESV. Check this out. It says the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am given to the people of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone a chief among them. Man, these men that, that God was speaking to Moses about, these men were chosen. Elsim said, I am chosen. chosen. These men were chosen. They were chieftains, not chumps. God didn't say, hey, pick pick the guy with the least spiritual walk and have him go into the promised land and go spy it out. No, no, no. When when God wanted something done, he picked the heads of households and said, hey, send these men who are reliable. Send these men who have deep conviction. Send these men who are not willing to, who are not Willing to lose, not willing, send men who are willing to lose their lives to see God's promises be fulfilled. These are the types of men that God spoke to Moses to send. Mission-minded men. 
You know where the rest of the story is going? You can look at the history of the nation of Israel. They were, beat, they were brought out of slavery, and they witnessed the mighty hand of Yahweh. I mean, just read the book of Exodus and see how God was bringing judgments upon the gods of Egypt, and he's brought, he brought his nation out. Man, they, they experienced the miraculous. He brought them to the Red Sea, and then he split the Red Sea so they can walk on dry ground. Look, we all know that as all these things were happening, there were mistakes that were made, right? This, was, this wasn't a squeaky clean kind of history. When we get to Numbers 13, they've made mistakes along the way, and yet they are still the people of God, LCM. So when you look at your life, you can be extremely encouraged. The Lord has chosen you. You are men and women with deep convictions. You are men and women willing to lay down your life so that the gospel can advance. And you've made mistakes along the way. And you still have a covenant with your God because he's faithful. See, Israel was busy. And the Lord had been with them every step of the way. They're now at the, the, the promised land. And they've been walking for over four. Let me, let me fix this. They're now at the promised land. And the entire time they were in Egypt, years upon years, what God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 15, hey, they will be in the promise, they will be in Egypt for 400 years, and God has brought them out of that, and now they're standing at the promised land. The original call that God spoke to Abraham, these people are getting ready to walk into it and fulfill it. So when we talk about these spies, these men were chosen, men going into the land to scope out and see what God said originally about the land to see if it's true. So when we're thinking about this, Moses sent them, right? We're not going to read the whole chapter. Moses sent them into the land, and they were there for 40 days. So when we pick up in verse 25, check this out. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which the Lord sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. LCM, these men were not just only sent, they completed their mission. See, we're, we're a church that God speaks to us. He speaks to us tonight. He speaks to us through prophecy. He speaks to us through his word. And we get the job done. These men got the job done. And look at what they said there at the end of 27. They're saying, hey, it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the evidence of the fruit. They're testifying to what God said and say, hey, here's the evidence of everything that God is saying. See, they, were, they didn't go into the promised land just to collect some data. No, they brought back a, a report as a result of what God was speaking to them. See, these things were tangible. They could actually eat it. This, wasn't, this was not in their mind like, yeah, the land is flowing with milk and honey, and let's just all intellectually ascend there. No, they brought back something that was tangible and said, God spoke this to our forefathers, and look at the fruit of this. You can actually taste it. It is a good land. Man. When, when the Lord speaks something to you, man, like Habakkuk chapter 2, and he says, write it down and make the revelation plain. Man, how incredible is it when God speaks a word, the one who knows the end from the beginning, and you are now walking in the fulfillment of that word. This is what these men are saying to Moses. His word, LCM, never failed. It never failed to the nation of Israel. It would never fail to the nation of Israel, and it will not fail to you, Caleb Brown. This is who you guys are. God's word, it, it goes before you and it, it moves inside of you and you get to see the fulfillment of it. It never fails. Now, somebody say now. 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 These brothers, 
also has something else to report alongside this. So let's pick up in verse 28. All right, but before we get there, I just I want to capitalize on, I've been, we've been mulling this over for a couple of days. Like, think about where the rest of the camp is right now. When they're seeing this, they're seeing fruit being carried on men's shoulders, right? They got grapes, they got figs. These are the promises of God coming, right? This excitement that's building. This is exciting. Like, we're about to, to fulfill this 400-year-old promise. Yeah. We're going to walk. Can you imagine the excitement that's going on in each and everyone's heart? Yeah. Right, man. This is, this is it. We're, we're, I'm going to run in, man. I'm excited. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this promised land. But like uh, Bim said, they brought something else as well. Yeah. Say 12 brothers. 12 brothers. 12 brothers. Say 10 and then two. 10, Ten and, and then two. two. You've read this story before. You know where we're going. Yeah. As we get started, we want to say we are both the 10 yeah. and the two. That's right? True. It's a mixture of both. And the Lord is arming us how to uh, push forward the two and leave behind the ten, all right? Amen. So Numbers 13, 28 in the ESV. However, wow. so it does flow with milk and honey. Yes, what God said is true. Yeah. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. That can kind of be a good thing, right? And besides, we saw, that's important, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. So we got a full scope of where everybody is. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the Jordan. Hmm. When I was engaging with this, I don't know about you guys, the first thing that came to mind is giants! They're giants in the land. I know what God said. There's, there's milk and honey. Here's some tangible fruit. But there are enemies in the land. Giants. Look, you guys notice what they said? We saw. This is not a secondhand report. This is, this is not them standing there and they're like, hey, this, this person said this. And so, Moses, let me relate this to you. They're saying, we saw with our own eyes. We are first eyewitness to this. If you keep reading in Numbers 13, in verse 32 and 33, they said, we, we as in the 10 spies, we look like grasshoppers in our eyes. This is how they see themselves. This is what they're wrestling with. In one hand, they said, hey, everything that God said, Moses, look at it. Look at the fruit. This is what it is, man. It's, it's a 400-year-old promise, and look at it here. And on the other hand, look, man, there's giants in the land. Look, there's enemies in the land. Man, we look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. There's an eternal wrestling. There's a wrestling that's taking place. So as I'm engaging with this, I thought about my life. What does this look like in Abimbola's life? I think about work. I have a lot of coworkers. And not all, not all of them love the Lord. And I'm sure you guys can relate as well. Unless you're, you're at PG Golf and you got like seven, eight brothers who, who are filled with the Spirit of God and have the Word of God on their lips. That's lane. not my situation at work, Ubong. It doesn't, it doesn't look like that. So I got coworkers, man. That not everybody loves the Lord. And there are times where I'm in a meeting. And we've, we've worked through all the engineering, technical language. And we're, we're coming to the end of the meeting. I can feel the Spirit of God moving inside of me like, hey, talk to them about Jesus. Talk to them about me. Talk to them about the gospel. And I know what's right. I can quote Romans, Elder John, I can, I can quote Romans 1, uh, 16. Man, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of salvation to be saved, except when I'm in an engineering call, 
right? And when I feel the Lord moving inside of me, like, hey, speak to them. Be unashamed of the gospel. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Lord, but is this the right time? In one hand, I'm like, yes, I know what the word says. And the other hand, I'm like, however, th this guy's an engineer. Is he going to understand? Can y'all relate with this? I know. It's, it's all the time. I'm an engineer too, right? All the time. But can you guys relate to what these guys are wrestling with? They know what God has said and they have the tangible fruit. They know what God has done in their life. They've seen God put down the Egyptians and simultaneously like, however, there's giants in the land. How are we going to get this done? See, this brings us, when we talk about those two brothers, it brings us to the first way that Joshua and Caleb showed a distinction between themselves and their brothers. We're beginning to make a separation here. On one hand, you have what God has said, the promises of God, the word of God to you. And on another hand, there is what you see tangibly. Can you all relate to that in your lives? I know you can. So we're going to go to Numbers 14. Pick it up in verse 6. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were there among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire assembly. Sounds like a little bit of uh, John and Peter action. Right? You don't know who's speaking, but you know these brothers are in plural unity because they're united with the vision of God. The land we passed through and explored is not just good. It's exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone. See, we, we see uh, fortified cities. We see giants. And because of what God has said, their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Do you see the separation that these brothers made and the separation that we are going to make? We have the word of God and we have what we see. We rely on the word of God and we separate from the tin inside ourselves. They want to cower at, at what we see. You know what they didn't even do when they were there, like when they were exploring the land? They didn't take a sword to, to the giant's necks. I mean, for all, all I know, they could have been cottonelle soft, as we used to say growing up. Tissue. These giants could have been inflatable dummies, right? But they saw something, and it caused them to question and to wonder if what God said was true. You see them uttering worthy words, Caleb and Joshua. Not worthless words. They utter worthy words because they were armed with something from the living God. They were armed with something. And let me tell you something. They were armed with the same thing that you're armed with. Hold up your Bibles. They were armed with the word of the Lord to them. The promises of the Lord that were passed down from generation to generation all the way to them. But they were also armed with something else that allowed them to put those promises into action. They were armed with faith. Say faith. Turn with me to Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. So this is a, a commonly used word, and I'm going to be honest. This week in my life, and I got this from the discipleship training book on Friday. It was an excellent book. And you, it, it never gets old. We know this word, and we say it often, right? But the Bible actually defines for us 
where faith is. So let's read it. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. While their brothers were drowning based on the data that was, uh, they, were be, they were receiving in their lying eyes, these, months, these men stood on the word of God. They were sure of what God had said to them that he would give them the land, you know, because we just saw him do it uh, with the 10 plagues. We just saw him take us right on through the Red Sea, and we actually just saw God come down in a, in a cloud, a pillar and fire, a pillar and smoke. We've seen that, and so we know based on the evidence that God has already given us that he will surely give us this land. This is what Caleb and Joshua did. This is an offensive weapon, saints. Faith in this way is an offensive weapon. When before you start a task, before you go to do something, before you go to Abigail, your wife, or to, to parent your children with the parenting teaching, you look at them and you say, I am sure of God's promises to my wife. I am sure of the word of God in my family. So you know what? I'm going to look at my wife deeply in her eyes so that she not only believes what I'm saying, but she believes that I believe it because I am sure of God's goodness in our lives. I am sure of God's goodness and of his word to my children in Proverbs 22 that if I raise them in the way they should go, then they will not depart from it. As a matter of fact, they're going to go further than I will. See, when you think about faith this way, I can tell you, I can very easily do what's right, like, like, or do what I know is right, just because I know it's the right thing to do, right? I can, I can very easily see, hey, so-and-so needs this, so-and-so needs that, what, what do they need, and, and do it. But if I'm being honest, I haven't had this kind of faith. Like, before I start that, no, I am sure of God's promises to Ubon. I am certain of what my brothers will do. I am certain in the promises of God that are to Spencer McLean. I'm certain of it. So you know what? I'm going to act based on that word of the Lord. I'm going to have faith-filled actions that testify to what I am certain of and I am sure of. See, this is the first sword that that they were being equipped with. Say sword number one. Sword Sword number number one. one. Being sure of the promises of God given in scripture and being certain of that which you do not yet see, you let it show up in your faith-filled speech and your actions. It's both. You do the word of God and you speak the word of God. So let that inform the way you walk out your faith. Cody, with whatever is in front of you, you start off with the assurance that no, this is what the Lord says, regardless of what I see, regardless of the evidence, because the evidence always lies until God brings a promise about. Regardless of what I see, I am sure of, God, of, of God's promises in this matter. I am certain that he will enable me to do it. So you know what? I'm going to run after it headlong. I'm going to press the attack in the area because I know that God will give me what he said he will give me. I know that he will give us what he said he will give us. His promises are certain in our lives, saints. I'm just going to jump in here. Um, Do you guys remember when Shiloh was born? I remember all the the taunts, all the bad reports. All the things that the specialists, the doctors, the medical, medical, community, medical community said. And yet the Moloch stood up on, in the word of God. 
That was it. Psalm 27. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That might remain confident, brother. I will remain confident. Come on, baby. Yeah. Wasn't that inspiring to you? Yeah. See, they didn't see it in the natural. This wasn't based on the natural. This was based on the spiritual reality that they had. And they rose up in what God's word says and says, God's word trumps what we see in the natural. God's word trumps what we feel in the natural. God's word trumps whatever the taunts of the enemy says. They said that she would never walk. What is she doing right now? Running. She, she's running. running into your kneecaps. Running you over. She's running into you. Run you knocking you over. How does that happen? It happens when a, when a man of God stands up, when a family of God stands up and say, hey, we believe God's word over what we feel, what we see, what the report says, and God's word will be everlasting in this. This is who you are, LCM. And we can, work, we can work our way around the room and talk about testimony after testimony after testimony of you guys standing up in who God has called you to be. And you took him, had his word like Eleazar. You're let, you let your hand freeze to God's That's word right. like a sword. That's and you right. kept swinging and swinging yeah. and swinging and swinging. And now you're seeing the promises of God and you're standing in it. Amen. LCM, let your faith rise tonight. Amen. Let me just be very clear too. This is not just the Moloch testimony. This is the LCM testimony. This is the one association testimony from day one. You guys stood with us and you never left us. This is your testimony church. This is not, this doesn't belong to us. This belongs to you and it belongs to the Lord because it's all the glory goes for him. Say, I'm going to swing my sword. I'm going to swing my sword. Say, I'm going to swing my sword. I'm going to swing my sword. See, this is an active pursuit. It's an action. It's a faith filled action. We're going to swing the sword of the word of God with the assurance and the certainty that what he has said will come to come to be. Yeah. Regardless of what we see in the moment, we're going to keep swinging and we're going to watch it happen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's almost like 2 Corinthians 5. It's not almost. It's certainly that 2 Corinthians 5, 5, 7 says we live by faith and not by sight. Come on, That's right. I am not bound to what I see in the moment. I am bound to the promises that I hold in this book right here. And I will watch them manifest as, I, as I'm obedient. And so will you. Amen. Somebody say, do the word. Do the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Man, Joshua and Caleb were men who did and spoke the word. They spoke worthy words. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 15. You know where I'm going. 15 verse 19. Do that word. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, someone say worthy, worthy. not worthless words, you will be my spokesperson. This is a room filled with spokesperson for the Lord because you utter worthy words. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. You see, this is something that the Lord has been telling us as a body over and over, right? Right, when, when was we started Jeremiah 15? How many months and months ago was this? And if you want any more insight, go back and listen to the recording. But the Lord has been drilling this down into us over and over again. And He's been giving me personally opportunity after opportunity to utter worthy words to counter the taunts of the enemy. Not just in my own mind and my own heart, but for my brothers, for my wife, for my children, uh, for my entire family. To speak the truth in the moment. Come on. With boldness and confidence. That's key in the moment. Isn't that right, Adam? Speak it in the moment. I need men of God like Adam Cora speaking to me, speaking to my family in the moment because it's exactly what we need. To remind myself through the word of God of who I am, 
to remind my brothers through the word of God of who I am and to remind my family through the word of God of who they are. Are you doing it, brother? We see an important aspect to know about this is that a, a, when they do speak these things, Sometimes there's a correction, right? The word of God is useful for that, right? Yes. Teaching, correcting, Absolutely. rebuking, training in righteousness. This is part of it. But one thing that we have to understand and never let go of, because we've heard this, right? We've heard about correction. We've been taught about it well, right? But honestly, we let go of the teaching. We let, we let it go because of the taunts, because of whatever it is. But what we need to know is that a correction is not an assault on your character, it is actually a liberation of the chains that the enemy has put on you. I'm going to say it again. Because we need to get this down and we need to hold on to it. A correction is not an assault on your character. It is actually a liberation of the chains that the enemy has put on you. And just like the sounding of a silver trumpet, the breath of my words, the breath of your words are bringing life to me, to my wife, to my children, to all our families and our brothers. This is what the Lord is doing. He is breathing life through redemption. And he is causing us to walk in true freedom in this body, church. Look at how the word has strengthened our walk. Look how it strengthened our families, right? It strengthened our brothers around us. This is what the word of God has done in us. My worthy words, our worthy words in the moment have brought direction and vision to our families, to our teams which in turn produce life. And isn't that the goal? Isn't it life? Isn't that what the Lord is always at? He was always after resurrection life. And it's something that has been done for me over and over again by the men in this church. It's something that I know you're going to continue to do over and over again. You're going to continue to speak worthy words. You see, we love Joshua and Caleb, right? These men are inspiration. We preach about them often because we love what's inside of them. They were so sure of the promises of God that it showed up in the faith-filled speech and actions. Not just speech. We know actions come before speech. Amen? And these men were special, not because of what we say, but because of what God has said about them. We're going to read about that in Numbers chapter 14. Let's put this on the screen. Numbers 14.24 in NIV says this. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. I love the fact that we get God's perspective on this matter. God tells us, informs us what is truly working inside of Caleb, that he had a different spirit. But the question is, why did he have a different spirit? What made, what, why, why did he have a different spirit than the rest of his brothers? What made him and Joshua so special? It's because these men had a revelation of God's presence at work inside of their lives that they had spiritual authority and they, can, they could not lose. That's why Caleb could say, hey, no, we can take the land. We can, we can certainly do this because God is with us. They had the spirit of God that is at work inside of them and they knew who they were and they're like, we can't lose. Yeah. We're, we're actually going to go forward and we're going to see God's kingdom be established. See, they knew that they were sons of God. Caleb knew that he was a son of God. He knew who he was. He knew his identity and he knew exactly what it meant. Remember earlier, they've never, they've never fought any giants. Exodus 17, they fought the Amalekites. But they, they've never fought giants. And why can Caleb and Joshua look at the giants and say, yeah, this is not a big deal. Why, why can I say that? Because of the spirit of God that has had work inside of them and they knew what it meant inside of them. They knew the identity and they also knew what they were going to do. Yes, 
See, I know this to be true. I know everything that we just said to be true. And it's, it's not just Caleb and Joshua who are walking in this. It's also us in this room, LCM. Yeah. God has seen fit because he's pleased with you to put his spirit inside of you. He's put his spirit inside of me. And you know what, LCM? I was still wrestling with something this past Sunday. As our pastors were preaching on Sunday, the Lord was speaking to me. And as I'm listening to the message, the Lord was speaking to me. It was like, Abimbola, you have no problem facing the taunts of the enemy. When the enemy attacks, shield of faith. Stand on the word of God. This is what I'm going to do as a response to the taunts of the enemy. You know what my father told me? He said, Abimbola, you know what you have a problem though? You know what your problem is? The problem that you do have? You're afraid and you are fearful to taunt the enemy. You don't mind the enemy taunting you. And when I say I don't mind, clearly I don't, I, I'm not welcoming the, ta the taunts, but we know it happens, right? Fire, fiery arrows. But we're going to stand in faith. The Lord's like, yeah, all in good. And you are fearful to taunt the enemy back. And I, and I was afraid to taunt the enemy back because in my mind, if I do this, if I, if I, if I taunt the enemy like, hey, this is what I'm going to do today. What does it mean for my family? What does it mean for my, my wife, my daughters? Am I going to open up Pandora's box and have all the minions of hell directed at the Daramola family if I taunt the enemy? These are the, 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 the thoughts that are going through my mind. Am I going to be bold enough to say, no, this is what I'm going to do today to you, enemy? And the Lord was like, Abimbola, you're fearful, but I'm not going to leave you in that state. He said, he's going to he said I am going to refine you because my character is, is exactly the one who actually goes after the enemy. And I'm going to work that inside of you. And I was like, Lord, you were absolutely right. Because he was saying, look, I am sovereign in all of this. I am sovereign in your life. Haven't I brought you this far? What could the enemy possibly do to you? And I was like, Lord, you're right. The psalm says, my life, my times are in your hands. My times are in your hands. John says, no one can snatch me out of the Father's hands. Jesus said in John 14, hey, the priest, the prince of this world, he is coming this way and he has no hold on me. On. No hold. So what does that mean? What does that mean when we know this? This is what Joshua and Caleb yeah. were tapped into. They realize we are not the ones being hunted. We are the ones doing the hunting. We are not on defense. We are the ones on offense. They, they could see in the land that God promised and say, hey, this land belongs to us. The people of Israel and these giants are nothing but illegitimate occupiers. They do not belong there. They're illegitimate tenants. It is not theirs. It is absolutely ours. And you guys can read the rest of Joshua. You can read the book of Joshua. You can see in Joshua chapter 12, it gives you a list of kings that Joshua and the nation of Israel put down as a result of this. One king after another. And Caleb, even after that, after they've done that in Joshua 12, he says, hey, remember what the Lord said to me, Joshua? Remember the land that he said he was going to give me? I know there are giants there, but I am, I'm 85, Linton. I'm 85 years old, but I can still do this. The spirit's inside of me. I'm going to take it even though there are giants there. Why could these men walk in this? Because they knew the spirit of God that was at work inside of them. And they were not afraid to be the aggressors in this. They weren't on defense. They were the ones on offense. So much so that Leviticus 26 just says it plainly in verse 7. Look at it in the ESV. Say led by the spirit. Led by the spirit. They were led by a certain kind of spirit, an offensive spirit. 
Leviticus 26, 7 says, you shall chase your enemies and they shall fall before you by the sword. Five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall chase 10,000 and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. This is the spirit that Joshua and Caleb had. That the word of God is true. And therefore, because the word of God is true, his spirit inside of me is leading me and is driving me to act on what that word says. You guys want to hear what sword number two is in light of what Linton just said? Yes. This is it. When you know that the spirit of God is at work inside of you, it causes you to be the spiritual aggressor. When you know the spirit of God that is working inside of you, the spirit of life, the resurrection power that's at work inside of you, it causes you to rightly see, wait a second. I am the spiritual aggressor in this, not the enemy. Elsim, this is the attitude of our king. This is the attitude of our father. He is the one that is on offense. He's the one that is attacking his enemies. So much so that Isaiah 8 says this on the screen. Look at this in verse 9. He's speaking to his enemies. Raise the war cry, you nations, and be shattered. Listen, all you distant lands, prepare for battle and be shattered. Prepare for battle and be shattered. Devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand for God is with us. This is, this is the character of our king. He's not waiting for his enemies to launch an attack. He said, hey, 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 muster up yourself. Get yourself ready. Get your shield ready. Get your weapons ready. It doesn't matter. I'm going to shatter you anyways. That is the character of our king. Look at what Joel chapter 3 says in verse 9. Proclaim this to the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse your warriors. Let the fighting men draw near and attack. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weakling, let the weakling say, I am strong. This is what the Lord is saying about his enemies. Hey, you feel, hey, you feel like your weak enemy? Hey, hey, say you're strong and come here. Come here. I want you, I want you to be at your best. Matter of fact, I want you to be conditioned. No, 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 no. Lose all that, lose all that gut right there. I want you, I want you to be conditioned and bring it. This is the character of our king. He, he tells his enemies what exactly he is going to do. So LCM, think about this. Isn't it unconceivable to think that God's enemies have him on defense? Yes. Isn't it uncon- un- unconceivable, impossible to think that God's enemies have him on defense? It is impossible. He is the aggressor. LCM, we want to tell you plainly. You are not being hunted. You are the hunters. You are not on defense. You are on offense. See, we're not just settling for receiving taunts from the enemy. We are taunting the enemy. We are the ones who press the attack. That's why Jesus can say in Matthew 16, hey, look, man, the gates of hell cannot overcome. Why? The gates of hell are on defense, LCM. You are on offense. You are the aggressor. Our father is the aggressor, LCM, and so are we come on, come on. listen LCM on this earth we are not trapped with Satan and the principalities and powers of disobedience they are trapped with us that's right listen to me we are not trapped with them on this earth they are trapped with us LCM and this is this is not emotionalism this is the reality of the kingdom of God LCM Look at this, because if, if, if I just say that, I, I, I'm a man, sometimes I can be moved emotionally. Like, oh man, that's a cool saying. No, 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 listen, this is, this is scriptural. The passage we're getting ready to put on the screen makes it so clear 
that we are not trapped with the enemy, but the enemy is trapped with us. Yeah. We want you guys to see this in Psalm 115. Yeah. Someone say target rich environment. Yes. Psalm 115 verse 16. It says the heavens are the Lord's heavens. But the earth he has given to the children of man. What? The what? Hold Say on, it again, on, please. Wait, wait. Say that again. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, right? We got that. But the earth he has given to the children of men, or the sons of men. He's given to us. Not the devil. Not the devil. The earth belongs to us, yeah. saints. Come on. This is our land. This is our house. Yeah. The enemy has been cast down, just like in Revelation 12. He's on our home turf. Someone say, this is my house. This is my house. He may have dominion, but it's not over us. We are called not just to drive him back, but to press the attack and liberate the earth. Someone say, liberate the earth. Liberate the earth. Because that is what we are called to do. Let me say that one more time. He may have dominion, but he doesn't have it over you. And engaging with what, with what Bim said, I've, I've heard the same things. I've heard the same taunts. Oh, man, if you really go all out in faith, yeah. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. The enemy is not in control. Come on, man. Is it true that the enemy wants my life? He wants my children's life. Yeah. Absolutely. But he is not the one initiating that trial. He's not the one allowing it. My father is allowing it so that I can put him to death. Yeah. And that's what we got to get. We're not trying not to sin. We are, try we are doing damage to the enemy's kingdom. We are moving past just trying not to sin. We are walking forth in holiness, but we're going and we're actually taking his ground. Amen. We're going in, in his land and we're taking it and we're delivering it back to our father. Yeah. We are not on defense. We are not called to just maintain and keep what we have like we're trying to keep the A that the professor gave us. That never happened in college. We are those who go and gain ground. We are conquerors. We are people who go and manifest God's word in the earth. Combine it with faith, and we see the kingdom grow in the earth. LCM, look at this map to my left. It belongs to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Satan, it doesn't belong to Satan. It belongs to the sons of the living God. There are, there are lands that you've never stepped into, and it belongs to you. You have authority in this world. You have the authority of heaven behind you. The other day I had lunch with Ibrahim. Ibrahim, after you left, had a conversation with our, wait, our waiter. Nice guy, but he's a Muslim. And he shared with me, he was just like, hey man, we started talking, pretty friendly. And he told me a childhood story. And long story short, he has, he has ulcers in his stomach. He's like, I've had it since childhood and I've done dieting. I've done all these different things. And you know, it just, it's just there. And as he's talking to me, only thing I'm thinking about is like, Lord, what do you want to do in this situation? What do you want me to say to him? I didn't feel the empowerment of the spirit of God. I didn't feel goosebumps in the moment. I just heard the Lord said, I want to heal him. So, okay. And, and without filibustering, without trying to soften the blow, like, Hey man, have you heard about Jesus or Hey, what do, what do you think about Christianity? I was just like, Hey, Jesus wants to heal you, but it's Muslim. So what, what does that have to do with anything? This land belongs to us. We have dominion and authority here. Hey, Jesus wants to heal you. He's like, oh yeah, you know, I've had, I have Christian friends that have prayed for me and they've laid hands. I was like, no, yeah, I understand that. But right now, Jesus wants to heal you. I was like, can I pray for you? He was like, sure. I grabbed, I, I prayed for him and it wasn't a long prayer. I didn't have to say 800 mighty gods to, to rouse myself up. It was, it was a, it was a short, it was a short prayer. 
It was one of the shortest prayers I've ever prayed. And after I was done, I was like, hey, text me when it happens. Come on. Text me when it happens. Why? Why do we have this confidence? Why are we so bold? Because we know the spirit of God that is at work inside of us. Isn't this Luke chapter 10? When Jesus sends out his disciples and they come back like, hey, the demons submit to us in, in your name. It's like, yes, I saw Satan's dominion fall like lightning. As the sons of God are moving forward, Satan's dominion is falling everywhere we go because this does not belong to him. It belongs to you, LCM, and you are the spiritual aggressor. And we're not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers and the rulers of this world. And we're going to see the nations want for him because this is ours and we're redeeming it one life at a time. So LCM, this is our encouragement to you. Look at Joshua chapter 8 on the screen. Verse 18 in ESV. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in your hand towards I, for I will give it to your hand. And Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand towards the city, and the men in the ambush rose quickly out of their place. And as soon as he stretched out his hand, they ran and entered the city and captured it. Then they hurried to set the city on fire. Elsim, here's the encouragement. Now you know what rightly belongs to you? Stretch out your javelin. Stretch out the very word of God. Stretch out your faith. What is the next bold, daring act of faith that you can do? Without feeling the goosebumps, without trying to work your way into the conversation, as you're being led by the spirit of God, you say what the spirit of God wants you to say. Stretch out that javelin, LCM. See, Joshua and Caleb were men of a different spirit who continually had the two swords at work in their very lives. These were men who did not live by sight, But there were men who lived by the faith and the promises of God. There were men of action who acted as agents of redemption for the plans and the purposes of God. God wanted the land to be free of those occupiers, to be free of wickedness, and to be possessed rightly by the people of God. And these two mighty men, LCM along with the entire faith-filled nation of Israel, delivered giant heads on platters. So that was Joshua and Quake Caleb. You, LCM, this is who you are. You are men and women who are doing the exact same thing. You delivered the Lord, you delivered to the Lord the dominion that he prophesied about. When God wants something to happen, you are the men and women that do it. You act with a spiritual dominance One life at a time. And we have testimonies in this entire room as a result of these things, LCM. And we want to encourage you, stretch out that javelin. Stretch out your faith and see the power of God that works in your life. And you'll see men and women who are in the kingdom of darkness, maybe even against us, against the kingdom, now be the same people who are furthering the kingdom of God, being filled with the spirit, being filled with the word, and getting the job done. Amen. Amen. Y'all turn with me to Romans chapter 8. There's a lot in Romans 8. We're going we're gonna to stick to just a few verses. 18 through 21. This is a passage that we've been bouncing around in our home for a little bit. These guys brought to the table and it struck a chord with me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that tonight too. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Can you say amen to that? Amen. This is not what we're going through now. It's nothing compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. The creation awaits in eager expectation. Someone say eager. Eager Eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it 
in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Saints of God tonight, it, it, it's clear. There's no illusion. There's no, uh, it's obvious that the creation is definitely under a bondage to decay, right? We can see that all around us, right? The creation is in a bondage to decay. But you know what? You know who's the answer to that bondage to decay? We are. Say, I am. I am. Make it personal. I am the answer to that bondage of decay. I am the one who's going to set creation free. As the Lord reveals his glory and his power through me, I am going to set creation. This actual earth, this actual ground is going to be set free as I move in the power of God standing on his word. You are the answer, church. You are the answer everywhere you set your feet. There's no other answer. There's no other potion. There's no other formula. You're the answer that sets this world free. The creation, the vicinity around you, whether it be your home, right? Because that's where we're going to start. Amen? Yeah, amen. We're going to start there. Whether it be our job, we definitely need to do that. We need to set some creation free Absolutely. in our job. Amen, Ben. In the coffee shop, in the restaurant, guess where I'm going for lunch tomorrow? Get it, man. I'm going to get it. That restaurant, that man in that restaurant will be free and filled with shalom. Everywhere you step your foot will be free and filled with shalom because that is what you are walking in. Because you are men and women that know how to swing the swords. Amen. Stand up with us, saints. So we're talking about this revelation that God has given us of what it actually means to walk in faith and the freedom that that brings. We're talking to ourselves. We're talking about the revelation that the enemy is in my dominion. I'm not in his, right? And this is doing something inside of us. And, and the Lord spoke to us. You don't have time to run. You don't have time just to maintain. You have to go on the offense. The truth is, our sons, our, our daughters, our children are going to go into those lands and they're going to they're gonna see what God said happen. They're going to see it happen. But in my day and time, I only have so much time to be on the offense. And the same goes for you. You only have so much time to do the will of God in your day and in your time. And then it's over. Until we resurrect. So how about this? Let's not waste time being on defense anymore. Let's not waste time trying to maintain what we have. How about we go after it? How about when we see somebody who is in need, who is in spiritual oppression, no matter what it means for us, no matter what cost we pay, we go after it because this is ours. Yes. They belong to our God. Yes. They belong to him and we're going to deliver them to him. We're wasting no time in being the spiritual aggressors that God has called us to be. Back to Psalm 119 verse 42. Then I shall have an answer for him who taunts me. For I trust in your word. We're moving past it. We're moving forward. And take not the word of truth utterly from my mouth. For my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. I'm going to do it. But this is where we're going. In verse 45. And I shall walk in a wide place. For I have sought your precepts. That is what the Lord is speaking to this body. We're not on a tightrope. There's a wide place. There's a vast swath of land in front of us. And you know what? Along with the milk and the honey. Along with that. They're giants. 
their warfare and praise God for both because you know what? He is confident that I'm going to win. And if he's confident, well, I might as well be. I might as well get to do it. You might as well get to it because your God has put you in a wide, vast land before you. And he's called you to go and take it because he knows that you will. We're moving past the taunts. We're picking up those swords and we're going to swing those swords. When you walk out of this room, LCM, you're going to swing swords. You're going to take the, the agreement of the word of God and the faith that comes with being sure of it. And you're going to take the spirit of God that is inside you, that is a conqueror, that is an aggressor. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to go equip people. You're going to swing swords and you're going to give them what they need so that they, they can not only be free, but they can go and take land just like you are. Because let me tell you, God didn't just do it for Joshua. He didn't just do it for, for Caleb or their legacy. He did it for the millions that were following them and the millions that would continue to come. Through them, he assured that his promises would come about. That hasn't stopped. He's doing the same with you. You're going to go swing your swords. You're going to take the agreement and the faith that comes with believing the word of God. And you're going to go with that spirit that is inside you that says, no, this is mine. They are mine. That, that, that Muslim brother, he's going to be set free from that, that oppression today because this belongs to me. And because of that, we're going to be very specific with our response in this altar call right now. We're going to be specific because what you do in your household is what you'll do out there. You're not going to go across the room if you're not doing it in your house. So that's where we're going to start and we're going to conquer and it's going to grow. It's going to explode. It's going to continue until the entire land that God has given you is conquered for the name of Jesus Christ. Like Joshua and Caleb, you are chieftains. You are chieftains in your home. So we're going to start right now. You're going to gather the members in your household. You're going to swing the two swords of the agreement of the word and the spirit. And you're going to arm your family with what they need. Right now, you're going to grab your family and you're going to begin to pray over them. You're going to be, begin to prophesy over them what God has said in their lives. If you by yourself group together, we are a family in this place. And we're going to take that spiritual aggression and we're going to let it flow out of our house to the entire world. Go after it right now.